Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you're listening to this the day after the Strickland Podcast Network, I am Sam. I am joined by Schwinn and Jeff. Knicks win 111 to 97 versus the new look LA Clippers. Before we get started, though, I have to do this ad read. So here we go. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both the desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to the Bet Online app today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so Knicks get their first home win of the year versus the new look New Look Clippers, um, and probably the Knicks' most complete game of the year, I would say so far. Um, the bar is, however, very low um, for our standards right now because the team has been pretty abysmal in a, a lot of areas, um, and certain players have been pretty abysmal and, and just fluctuating. Um, very good games from, I would say, RJ. Um, very good game from the bench. Um, good game sort of by the way Julius standards have been this year. This qualifies as a good game. Um, we will get into the details of this yeah, good game. Start with the positives. Yeah, we'll start with the positives. You know, <laughs> we don't want to, you know, get into a, a shit storm automatically right away. Um, I thought Mitch played a really good game too. Mitch also yeah. played a really great game. Um, he's been having probably um, arguably the best start to the season that he's ever had. Um, and, you know, just showing that maturity in his game and his body just um, on both ends of the floor. I mean, just killing it on the offensive glass. What was it like eight or nine offensive rebounds tonight again? Like, I, I would tell you, but uh, ESPN box score is fucking <laughs> just broken right now. So self- I'll get back to someone, that. Someone said they're defecating on themselves right now <laughs> at ESPN. <laughs> Which is pretty accurate for their overall coverage of anything, um, regardless. I think but... it was. I think it was nine. Yeah, I remember at one point in the fourth quarter he had like eight right before the Clippers like started to pull their guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, pr- pretty much the most complete game for the Knicks so far this year. We'll start with the positives, of course. Um, R.J. Barrett back in his first game looked like he didn't miss a beat really um one thing that um someone had mentioned like i forgot i think it was in the last post game that i was doing they were talking about how transition point the, the transition the next transition game looks different with rj and i think it's because rj just fills the lanes a little bit better than than the other guys do and he just like knows where to be a little bit better um i don't know if you guys agree with that um but i i noticed that today the transition points especially with rj definitely looked much better like the process and transition look better. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it pretty when... much like, I feel like there's a, for, spe- uh, for transition specifically, like I pretty much trust everyone except for Julius and to a lesser degree, Brunson. Brunson had a transition take today that was like, I was going to freak out. It was just, he just like, I don't know. There's just times when his poor, I mean, I'm, I feel like I feel pretty comfortable just saying he's a bad passer. Like we used to just be like, Oh, like tips. I just don't think he's a very good passer at all. Um, and I think that that kind of pokes its head out in transition. We had a four on two and heart heart did the opposite of what you were just saying about RJ. He filled the lane pretty poorly. 
but still like there were multiple options and he just ended up trying to draw a foul and taking some ridiculous like fadeaway 10 footer. Um, I mean, I'm not going to come down on Brunson too hard. It was a bad game, but yeah, um, I agree with you about RJ. He's, I mean, transitions where he's always thrived. That's, I mean, he, I'm not, not going to say he used to be perfect, but it was one of the more maddening things about why the Knicks played so slow is like, it was kind of a, an RJ suppressor. And the more they get out in early transition, the more turnovers they create, the better opportunities he's going to have. So yeah, I mean, that's just win-win for the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, one thing I would say about his transition, and I would guess that two or three of his turnovers were just like dumb takes in transition. He still has a hat. He does not ever like there's multiple times you can watch this. If you watch any possession where he's bringing the ball to the floor, especially with the bench where if they have numbers break, he will pass. He's not a selfish player in that sense, but he'll make hit ahead passes to guys that are cutting in on an angle towards the hoop. He sees those passes. He never sees quickly will always be on the opposite side of him. Like if he's bringing it up the left quickly will be spotted up on the right wing. And he never sees that pass. Like he never makes that quick pass. He always tries to take it into the lane. Um, So that's just like something that, I mean, I don't think it's like, it's, it's a tick of his, like, it's definitely a thing I've noticed. Um, It's probably something that it's something you would like to see him obviously become a little bit more diverse as a passer in transition, but as far as just like getting into transition, filling the filling the lane, um, and and knowing kind of he takes good angles. We have a lot of guys in this team that don't take good angles in transition. Like Randall is something in transition. <laughs> I, I don't know what he's something. Um, but RJ, if you watch him, he's like when especially I actually I don't like RJ that much leading the break in transition. What I do like is when he's ahead of the ball or he's filling in the lane next to somebody bringing it up. Cause I think he takes really, really good angles. I think he spaces the floor well in those moments. Um, and he's, you know, when he's able to catch it, especially if he barely has to put a dribble on the floor, like he's almost impossible to stop then. He's just so strong and he's good at getting angles now. And I think his finishing um, with both hands actually has improved a lot. So um, yeah, he, he played really well. I think look, the three point shot is he was two for it tonight. I don't even know what the hell he is for the, for the year, but like, it just looks good. He's six. Of, he was six of six from the free throw line tonight. Also another great thing. Knicks were 17 of 18 from the line. Julius was also six of six. So shout out to the Knicks for practicing free throws, I guess. Um, both, of, both of RJ's threes came from the left corner, receiving the ball, like from yeah. the side and him being able to load up from the side like that. He seems really comfortable doing that. He doesn't seem as comfortable like above the break or top of the key. But I think I said he's comfortable this the, above the break if he catches it from that side. So like the same yeah, side. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, I said this on the Strickland account. His uh, free throw shooting gives hope that, look, I don't think he's going to be like a 40% plus three-point shooter. Maybe like some random seasons he will be, but I just mean like on the whole. Um, but when you shoot 80 to 85% from the free throw line, if that's really what he's going to do, then – that just means he's improving as a shooter um, and the new form thing is legit. So let's hope he keeps that up because then it's reasonable to expect him to shoot 35, 36% from three consistently. Like, um, yeah. Um, yeah. He, he just, I don't, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't really care if he's a 40% three point shooter. I just need him to be somewhere around league average. And if the free throws are good, then you're fine. Like that is going to be a high efficiency score or not even, I mean, 
maybe not like not maybe like a 60 true shooting guy, but if he's like a 57 ish true shooting guy, um, that's good. Like you'll take that any day of the week, especially because again, like I thought his defense again tonight was really good. Um, I thought he was locked in, thought he made his rotations. He's never going to be like some elite lockdown guy, but as long as he's not giving up buckets, right? Like he's not giving you anything. That's really the key for him. Uh, and, and that was the issue last year. Yeah. And he's, he's obviously big enough where you can be versatile with him. You can switch him at different times. Um, so like everything you're seeing from RJ right now, like I could sit here and pick what he did. Um, I'm not going to do that because the fun thing is he's 23. Uh, so when you're that young, you get the benefit we of the doubt. Save so that for the other guys. Yes. Um, but like you're seeing growth and yeah, well, we get, we're seeing growth in a lot of the areas you wanted to see it in. Uh, I still think like the passing stuff with him, it's like, you're like, it, it, it could be, it needs to be like 20% better. And it would make such a massive difference for him. He had one pass today that I was just like, he drove in, he had quickly in the corner, which was like the pass you want to make. And instead he tried to make some insane wraparound pass to the top of the key that like, I don't even know who picked it off. They just took it coast to coast, but it was just like such a bad pass. And it was such a bizarre read. Like it's not even a read. You should never make that pass. You should basically like, unless you ha- you're playing with a pick and pop big and you feel the big, like chasing behind you. So, you know, that guy's gonna be open. Like you should never throw that pass. Um, but yes, like overall, exactly what you want to see from him. And I think the most encouraging thing, and, and I think this is an interesting point of conversation is like, he played his best basketball with the bench. I don't think he, him and that bench group have actually been that good this season, but I also think it's because they're working through some stuff and like the signs are there. I think you've seen flashes. Today was like the most complete that they've looked. Yeah. Today, we at today, least want them to look. Yeah. Today, today was perfect. Like not even, maybe not perfect, but like today was really good. Um, I think you're getting a sense of like, they are better understanding now of each other's skill sets. Like I thought today again was really encouraging signs between how quickly and DiVincenzo were playing off each other. I was really happy that in the fourth quarter, Josh Hart did not try to do like anything that he should not try to do. He did not try to run any half court offense. He did not pump fake and drive into like 17 people and try to do like a 360 spin pass or something. Like he just did all the Josh Hart things you want him to do. Um, and he's awesome when he does that. Like he's, you, you can feel like when he got that, they had that, what are they, they had that sequence where he stole the ball and set RJ up for a fast break, right. For a layup that to put the lead out to seven within the first two minutes of the quarter, the Clippers took a timeout. But like when he makes plays like that, you can feel that in the building. Like you can, you can feel that give the Knicks a lift. You can feel him lift the tempo of the game. Like he does have this ability to lift the tempo of a game when he does it at the right times. And um, I thought he injected that at the right times. I thought he played with himself. And then like the, the thing with quickly tonight that I thought was really good was like, he took five shots, I think um, maybe even I think like, whatever it was, it doesn't really matter, but like, he just didn't force the action at all. He did not. I, he, even his playmaking, he was not trying to like manipulate the defense and set somebody up for the perfect corner three. He was just getting in the paint quick read like he was making quick decisions he was letting other guys you know feel the ball make make the right play i really liked how often he was just calling out and setting up sets just for rj to come basically around the screen and initiate like these are just small things where you're getting flow in the offense you're trusting your teammates and i thought that group 
they blew the game open in that fourth quarter, like within what was it like four or five minutes where it was a 17 point game all of a sudden. Um, their defense was incredible. Like they absolutely locked the Clippers up. The only flying around the court, the one fucking, you know, basket they got was that bullshit ass hardened three point foul call. Um, and like, it was just, it was awesome. Like that was, you've, I, I, I know they have their numbers. If you probably look at them right now, they're not good, but like I have felt all season, that group is really close to like getting it together. And we saw this last year with the bench too, where they kind of were like, eh, and then it was like, oh, Sporadic. oh yeah, now we're, now we're really good. I think this group is going to take off pretty soon here, actually. Um, I really liked what I saw from Dima Jensen tonight. This what felt like, I know he had that game in Atlanta where he cooked, but this felt very, this felt like sustainable in a totally different way. Like I, I felt like he, because he was doing non-shooting things like yeah. his defense. Because the shooting was insane in that Atlanta the, the, game. The, the, the defense and the offensive rebounding are things that he can bring every night. His offensive rebounding was, is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's like another Josh the, uh, Hart out there. The one, the one play that really stood out to me, and I think kind of encapsulates that, that shift by the bench unit was the, uh, the miss quickly three. Yeah. DiVincenzo offensive rebound. He flies in quickly shifts above the break. RJ shifts to the top of the key. DiVincenzo relocates to the corner and quickly passes it back to him for the relocation. You, you made such a good point, Schwinn, when you brought up the energy that RJ brought. And I think I'll just sort of carry that over to just the entire bench unit because it would obviously be insane to compare these Knicks to like the peak Warriors. But I do think that one similar yet like lesser but similar thing that they had is when that bench unit has been cooking these last few years, sometimes it just would feel like an onslaught of like momentum and Absolutely. especially at home when the crowd would get into it, it just felt like the other team couldn't ever score. And just all these things would just like snowball for the Knicks. And for the first time tonight with that bench unit, it felt like that, like they could do no wrong on either end. And I mean, they, they need that to happen. Like they need this bench unit to be really good um, because, well, not because, I mean, the starting units have been really, really good, but if the if the bench unit can go from the negative it's been for the, the first six games to closer to the, what it's been for the last few years, all of a sudden you have a starting unit that's you know carrying its own. They're, the starting unit's net rating this season is like seven plus seven or eight per hundred. It was really good last season, and then if you have a really good bench unit to win, like that's how that's the path to winning 45, 50, maybe even more games. You know if things roll their way. So this is really encouraging. Um, I'm gonna hop off, but. I look forward to hearing you guys talk about a couple of things that maybe it's best that I'm not here for. Cause I think I, been, <laughs> I, mean, I think I, I think I would have been a little bit more negative. Than <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I hope you all enjoy it. Yeah. All right, Jeff, <laughs> take care. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I just think everything about that group today was fun. Um, Hartenstein was really, really good too with them. And yeah, I mean, look, I, I think there were times last year where that group, you felt like they were one rebounder short, maybe um, not like, I mean, I know Obi's numbers as a rebounder are basically the same as DiVincenzo, but it feels much different. different. I mean, I mean, it, part of that is obviously because DiVincenzo is a guard. So you're like, well, this is awesome. Um, but I, I just think like that group, I would suspect it rebounds better than, they did last year with Obi in place of DiVincenzo. The defense definitely looks better to me. Um, the Knicks once again held a team 100, under 100 points. 
I don't know how, how many times have they done that now this year. They've done that, is that three times. Um, they did that to Cleveland. They did that to Cleveland twice, didn't they? They did it yeah, to Cleveland twice. I believe uh, so. they did it to New Orleans in a loss, and they did it again tonight. That's four times. Like whatever that, whatever it is. But this defense is legit. Um, and and I, I think whatever you want to say about Jalen Brunson's offense, which has not been good this year, minus a couple of explosions. His defense has been way better this season. Um, he like he made some terrible play at the end of down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Granted, it was against their their you know fucking bench warmers, but like he immediately came down and they got a steal. Um, like his effort on that end has been a lot better. So uh, I'm I'm very happy with the defensive effort you're seeing from yeah four times league. four times yeah. under hundred. Yeah. That's that's really really impressive. Four times in this league under hundred. It's very impressive, and considering how bad of an offensive start they've gotten off to before today, and even today, I mean, it's not like they exploded or something. Yeah. Um, but like, considering that, thank God, because without that, they they would would be fucking zero and seven right now. Um, but yeah, like they that that defensive effort consistently has been there, um, and I was just really really impressed with kind of like again that bench group. I can't say enough about it. I thought they're really good, and I will say like I know Josh Hart has not shot the ball well. I thought he actually played fine against the Bucks. Like I, I didn't. I thank God I wasn't on the fucking post game for that because I would have been furious. I mean, I was furious. Um, but like, I thought he played well. I thought he looked physically better, and and that wasn't the case all year. He looks like he's in a good place right now physically. Finally, he was moving much better today. I think his explosiveness, finishing around the rim, is better. Um, it just feels like he's moving better he's got his feet underneath him again or his legs underneath him again so it was really good to see him and it was nice to see him make a fucking three and i think also just being back with that bench unit helps him out much better than being with the starters um just like overall the spacing of the unit as well as just like who's he who is he playing with um i think like just the the more the sheer more movement of the second unit um is better is a better brand of basketball for josh hart to be playing within than you know the stagnant um iso heavy offense that the um the starters play with because like it forces josh hart to be staying in the corner guy whereas when he's with the bench he's like more of like a cutter and a mover and stuff like that yeah no that's definitely part of the problem uh i mean look the starters i'm happy rj played well and i'm happy that randall had a good shooting game but like that group still just looks very really, discombobulated. Very discombobulated. They're not on the same page. And I do think part of the issue is Grimes is not doing shit. Like he's not shooting. He was well. invisible tonight. Like I didn't even I forgot that he was even playing tonight. He was not she's he's not shooting well. He is not showing you any level of growth with what he's able to do with the ball in his hands. And that is going to be an impediment for him in the short term for sure, but also like right now in his career, like that he's not bringing anything. Like I, the defense is fine. The defense is still good. Like there's no issue with that. I think, mm. I think today he played really good defense. Kawhi made like a tough bank shot over him and it's like, okay, well, whatever. Um, but like, I, I think the defense is still there, but he needs to get something going here. Like, and, and he's not getting bad threes. Like he's not getting bad looks. He's getting good looks. It's about cashing them in. And it's like, you know, don't he's like shooting like he's on a fucking timer. Like, I'm like, dude, you're wide open. You don't need to get the Jesus. shot up. The like you're going up. Yeah, it's not like there's 0. 0.4 seconds left on the shot clock here. Fucking relax. Um, 
So he, he's got to get it together because I'll tell you what, like the way DiVincenzo played tonight, he keeps playing like that. He will take he will take his minutes. He will take his spot in the starting lineup. I am almost positive about that. Um, like you can, and I'm I'm not here to tell you that. Well, why doesn't why wouldn't it be quickly? I I don't want to have that conversation. I'm just telling you. I think that if DiVincenzo plays like he did tonight and Grimes continues to be the invisible man offensively, um, that is what will happen because that is Tibbs clearly has a. Uh, idea in his head of what that fourth guy in the in the lineup should be and DiVincenzo is very much built to play that role and uh and and he plays that like he he's a spot-up shooter right like he attacks closeouts I I some of his attacks are yeah uh they're there <laughs> they are certainly there but like they leave a lot may, to be desired yeah he he may he's he's a pretty decent passer off them he made a really good pass today uh on a, he got a kick out and then he drove and he swung it to, I think, was that the heart three where he found heart in the corner? I think that was heart. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's made, he's making good plays, making good reads. Uh, I just think like you can very easily see him slot into that role. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to happen right this minute or anything, but Grimes, Grimes really needs to just get something going here. And, and I, I this is a good point. Uh, this is from Aaron Bender uh, in the chat where Harden was all up in Grimes' face and he didn't want to blow by him. It's a bad look. I mean, it, it's not even that he didn't want... He's not trying. Like, he's not trying to. There was one last game where Dame Lillard was on him, and it's like, dude, you you, you should want to, like, do something here. You should want to, like, either take him off the bounce. Whatever you're doing, you got to do something, though. Um, but he he's, like, really struggling to find confidence or whatever. And, like, look, I, I wouldn't love if he got moved away from the starting lineup, but... At some point, understand it. Yeah, at some point, if this continues, like you're gonna have to make some move because um, he's not giving you anything. And then the final thing I will say, because I don't want to turn this into like Julius has played some awful game. He didn't. I still think you you watch back that game. I think you watch some of his decisions in the half court were very Julius. Um, And then defensively, like he just lost track of Kawhi multiple times. He lost track of. Norm Powell multiple times for open threes. Like he had a sequence. I, I I have to mention this because this this sequence at the end of the fucking third quarter drove me absolutely fucking crazy. The Knicks had the ball. They're down three, bringing the ball up. Quickly's bringing the ball up. You watch back Julius. Julius is standing behind. He's like walking up behind him, clapping for the ball. Get the fuck up the floor. Get the fuck up the floor. And you know what? The last thing I want is Julius Randle bringing the fucking ball up the oh, floor against the exactly. shot clock, at the, especially at the end of a quarter. How many times has he done that and he either takes the worst fucking shot that he bricks or it's a he doesn't even get a fucking shot up? Like, it's a turnover. Get the fuck out of here. I was, I could not, but it was the most childish, ridiculous fucking thing I've watched. You are a 10th year vet. You are a fucking 10th year vet and you're walking up behind Emmanuel quickly. Get the fuck out of here. That was ridiculous. That was absolutely ridiculous. And this is the shit. This is the shit that makes people like me. It makes it impossible for me to like fully embrace this guy. Cause I'm like, do you give a fuck about anything other than like you Your being stats. the man? Do you really give a shit about anything other than you being the fucking man? That was nuts. Um, it, I, I, 
it it likens it likens me to I shared a picture today of um of RJ looking at Randall on the bench in that game a couple years ago. Um it was quickly had found Burks in the corner for that clutch three. Is it the Bulls, right? Versus the Bulls. And he was absolutely furious at the end of that game where he left the court and like launched the ball and like yeah, I mean, it, it, he was basically pissed that, you know, he didn't have an opportunity to touch the rock on the last couple possessions of the game. And that possession that you you bring up, it, it, it likens, it, it, it reminds me of that, um, you know, bringing very similar vibes of 21-22, which we do not want to relive, but yeah. Yeah, no, he he was. Randall was, I think mean, this is from a Hawkeye 420, Randall's responsible for 90% of North Palace threes. He was. He had won at the end of the first half, and you could you knew it was him because I've never seen him try to close out as fast as he did i was like oh wow you definitely and he put his hand up like he acknowledged it. i was like damn like that must have been a really bad fuck up if he was the one that did that um <laughs> it was it just i don't i genuinely just don't understand this shit sometimes or i'm like what are you trying to achieve there was that one play in the third quarter where he had the ball in the corner and like he i don't even know what he did but then paul george just like took it from him yeah, he just absolutely ripped it from him. Yeah, I, like I had no idea what was going on there. Um, he did have a nice stretch in the third quarter. Right after that, though, he dimed up RJ a couple times. Then he had another stupid Julius play. But then he he had that nice, really nice pick and roll oh, lob to Mitch. And it's like this is the shit that makes it even more like so infuriating because it's, you're like, you're, he, he's capable of doing these plays, but like then he does the bonehead shit, and you're just like, oh my god, he, he has. To, I mean, he had that sequence. This is what happened. This I, I this is why that end of third quarter drove me nuts. Because he had that play where he drove in on Zubac. He thought he got fouled, right? He oh put up God. a layup. Then he, then the next possession down, he comes down and tries to do the same again. thing. He gets his offensive rebound somehow. <laughs> and, and then, then he, he tries, tries it again. He tries it again. <laughs> and it was just like, dude, like, you, there are three It's like shooters. an idiot just running into a wall countless times. And, then, <laughs> and there are three shooters wide open. And then that's what drove me nuts. Is like, after this sequence is when he does the whole... Clapping behind <laughs> and I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me, man! Like, you he have got, you've got to be kidding me! Like, you don't even deserve to take another shot this quarter. Like, get the fuck out of here! Like, it, it was ridiculous to watch that. Um, and it, like, this is those sequences are what drive us crazy. And and quite honestly, this is maybe the the wrong way to evaluate him in general, but like, or any player in general. But like I, I fundamentally believe this at this point. I, I'm convinced of this. You cannot win. You cannot contend at a high level with a guy this prone to like crazy stretches of Volatility. individual decision making. Like it, it's and he does too not volatile. have yeah, he's too volatile. And I don't think he has the um like are there time every player has moments where they're gonna force it and do stupid shit, right? He does not. Awareness. Yeah, I, I just don't think he brings you enough value. Otherwise, and then like the defensive stuff, whatever. I, I don't know. It. He just. He's such. He's a not. Player. He's not good enough offensively, consistently to ignore the defensive stuff. Because he's was, too volatile. And and then like we don't even know if he can do this stuff in the playoffs, right? Like today he has yet not. to be seen. Right. So like it just makes it really really hard. And I think that's what is most frustrating for me, or I think most people as fans is just like. You don't know. It's like, okay, well, can he do any of this in the playoffs? And then to boot, obviously, gets off to this horrible start to start the season. On the plus side, and I think this is only fair, 
to be said. Like, I thought, I actually thought against the Bucks. One, I didn't think his effort was bad against the Bucks. I, I didn't until... until that last play. I mean, that last play was bad, but like, <laughs> I didn't think his effort was bad against the Bucks. I also thought he was moving a lot better. Like, he looked like he was moving better in that game. He took stupid shots, but he was moving better. He's looked he looked again like he's moving better today. He had a, he actually had a couple plays where he powered through guys, knocked them off balance, and was able to finish at the rim. He had some good that drives. Was, yeah, that was really good to see. Um, he had the funniest lob attempt ever that counted as a basket for him. Um, but like, no, you, like I think you saw some of his movement was better. But like, you're just. I know the box score looks really good today. I don't. He still hasn't had like one of those explosive fuck you quarters where he just like goes off for 15 16 17 points like and that's why i think this feels different last year against right. the timberwolves last year yeah and so i i just think like you're we're waiting for that because the one thing about him last year that nobody can deny is he was the kind of like he 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 got us started right like his start he was the leading scorer in first quarters last year um, I think he made the most threes in the first quarter last year. Also, like he was really, really good to start games last year. And he just hasn't had that going. And it feels like it's very hard for him specifically. It feels like when he doesn't have a good start to the game. So hopefully we see more. Yeah, Cause then that. he spends the rest of the game, like forcing it and then making all these bad decisions. And yeah, <laughs> this is a good question. Well, while Clyde Fraser, who forced more shots after <laughs> rebounding their own block more Randall or Mello? Um, I think Randall. I think Randall, but I don't know. Maybe I'm like forgetting. I know Melo used to do that a lot, but it feels like Randall does it so much more because, like, oh my god, he might not. But it also just feels so much worse when he does it because I, I like, I can tell so badly. I knew he wasn't going to pass the ball. Like I knew when he got blocked that first time by Zubac, I was like, he got it back, and I was like, there's, there's no way he's passing this ball. The only <laughs> way he'll pass it if it's somebody knocks it loose. And he gets it like scrambling out to the three point line or something. But um, it was, it was some fucking, <laughs> I mean, that was, uh, it's definitely that something. That was something. It was definitely something. <laughs> um, I saw some comments here about Mitch. I do want to get into Mitch because I know we briefly mentioned him in the yeah. early part of the game, early part of the post game. <clears throat> and then we'll get into some other IQ bench stuff that I also see in the comments here. Um, Welcome for 20 here says Randall's too chaotic. He was good, but he was one of the biggest reasons why it was a close game. I think oh, just overall, not just him. I, I will throw him a bone here. That it Brunson too. And I feel like just also on the Clippers side too, the Clippers were also missing a bunch of shots. Like we were both missing a lot of shots. So I just think that's why the game was overall close. But like, like we said, when the bench came in, that's when things just really shifted. And also the Clippers are dealing with like trying to integrate um, the bearded man. So well, I, I, yeah, I want to harden experiment. This from JK harden experiment going to be a failure lost DDV multiple times on defense can't survive with harden and Westbrook. Backward in 2023. Um, the usage with that starting lineup, good luck figuring that out. Like, I, I don't get really get it. I, I feel like Paul I, George was kind of invisible tonight because of yeah. all the new pieces and stuff. So, assuming this final box score here from uh, ESPN is accurate now, uh, Paul George was 2 of 11 from, three, or from the field tonight, 10 points. Kawhi Leonard, 8 of 16, 18. Westbrook, 8 of 13, 17. Harden, six of nine, 17. I just don't know how you balance Westbrook and Harden, especially on offense with us, with this group. I, it just doesn't really match up to me. I, I would imagine that ultimately Westbrook goes to the bench um, and then they start whoever the fuck else. 
but I, I think that's that's gonna be an issue. Um, by the way, Bowling Thailand is fucking awful. Like <laughs> that guy is fucking awful. He is maybe the dumbest player I've ever watched in a while. This is like this guy might make he makes Kelly Oubre look like a fucking genius. Um, that was some of the dumbest basketball I've ever watched. He had, did you see that one play in the fourth quarter where like Harden tossed it to him and then like they, I think they were trying to set up like a Spain pick and roll or something. But then Bones was like pointing over to the corner or some shit, and I don't. It was. I think they ended up turning it over on that play, but it was, it was a total disaster. Uh, he is. It it made me so mad when he made that first three because I was like, this is the dumbest shot ever. I'm really upset you made this in the corner. Um, but he's he's a dumb player. He's an awful player. Uh, I imagine I I would not surprise that I would not be surprised if he eventually drops out of this rotation because I just don't know how you can find the minutes or usage for him when you have the four guys they do. Um, but yeah, to, we, we, but you know, you mentioned Mitch, like Mitch was awesome tonight. Um, and he's, it's almost like boring at this point. Cause he's just been fucking awesome the entire year. Yeah. Like, I, I've, this is as good as he's played. I mean, I mean, look at this stat here from Jordan Bob offensive rebounds this season, Lakers 55 wolves, 50 Mitchell Robinson, 45, Rockets 45, Bucks 43, Wizards 43. Wizards actually absolutely abysmal, by the way. Um, Thunder 42. So, I mean, this right here alone just like states Mitchell Robinson's impact already. Um, and Kurt brings up that he is now plus 3,500 to win DPOI. I am, I, I might, might, maybe I might partake in that. Um, I put five on him when he was plus eight thousand. So um, you, looking Sam. pretty good now. Look at you, the fucking master of gambling over here. <laughs> do, you, um, do, you a, do you have a season long parlay on like him and fucking quickly to win six minutes of the year or something? No, but now you're giving me an idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I, look, he's just been so good. Four steals I, tonight, by the way. Yeah, I mean, and the last one he had, I think, basically wrapped up the game for them. Um, but like. The one thing I'll say, I know, I, I think there's been a lot of stuff about like people feeling like um, he's part of the problem with why the offense has gotten off such a, such a slow start. It's like he's just in the paint all the time. It's crowded, you know. Are we just trying to win the possession battle type of stuff? I really don't think it's he's even close to like the biggest issue with anything that's going on offensively. He just doesn't get the ball enough for him to be the factor, like to be to to, to be the reason. I really feel. I, I mean, I feel very strongly that like. Brunson is struggling to find his shot, which is making him make some really questionable decisions. He's not seeing the floor well. Uh, that lob attempt he had to Mitch in the first half was, I don't know what the hell that was. It was like so obvious that was not the pass. I think Grimes is open in the corner. Granted, he's probably like, well, Grimes might shit himself if I pass on the ball. So yeah, well, but like, it was just such a bad read. And he's made like a lot. Of, he, he had that play at the end of the fourth quarter. Again, it didn't matter. Like one, I, I want to say this quickly. Should have not come out of the game. That was insane. I tweeted it. I was like, I wouldn't have put Brunson back in here because, like, I mean, like, granted, Brunson wasn't really like the worst defensively, but like, quickly was just giving you so much more. And just like the cohesiveness of that lineup. Like, why ruin a good thing? Um, we're lucky that you know the Clippers and Brunson, didn't and Brunson fight had back. a bad game. He was yeah. playing a bad game. So like. And I thought for a second there, like, Thibs was actually going to be like, oh, let's bench Brunson, you know? I thought, like, Thibs was finally going to come to his senses and, you know, play quickly the rest of the night out. Like, he earned it. But, 
he didn't. And it looks like Josh Hart took what should have been Quickly's minutes too. And we'll talk about that. But yeah. Yeah, look, the Josh Hart thing is stupid to me. He's now the first guy off the bench, which, and that group sucks every time he comes in. And he's with that group where it's like him and Grimes. I'm just like, oh, great. We got two wings, neither of whom, one guy doesn't want to shoot, the other guy can't shoot. Um, we got Randall right now who can't shoot. And then we have Mitch or Hartenstein, neither of whom can shoot. Uh, this is great. I love this. <laughs> this is very good. They, they, it's just that, start, like, they have Brunson and Randall right now. They are, they are so they're so kind of focused on trying to find their own offense that wow. Anthony Edwards just fucking went off. Um, but like they're just, they're searching. They're like trying to find their own rhythm. And I think it's just costing that whole group. And, you know, you've seen that a little bit with the bench, but I feel like with the bench, it's more like trying to figure out roles. It doesn't feel like they're not trying to play together. The starters, it actually feels at times. I'm like, are you guys like, are you trying or is just is it just like my turn your turn you like i'm gonna take the shot you take the next one it, it just hasn't been it, it's not been smooth and um you know it didn't it didn't matter tonight because the clippers also are not very cohesive especially not right now there but, was one hilarious play from the clippers where like they like i forgot who was throwing the pass but like they were throwing the pass to like norman powell in the corner and then PJ Tucker was just like strolling by and then it ended up being like a turnover. And I was just like, wow. All right. They got a lot of things to figure out, but yeah. this is a good description of Hawkeye 420 Julius with an intermediate class. Yeah. This was like an intermediate, <laughs> not intermediate. a master class, yeah, not a master class, an intermediate class. Um, RJ and Mitch master class. It seems. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, th- I think the best thing I could say about RJ tonight, and I mean this truly as a compliment, I didn't even think he, he played that well of a game. Like I thought it was a good game. But I was like, oh, yeah, because be better. Yeah. And, and it feels good to feel that way because last year I would probably watch a game and like, this is the best thing I've ever watched in my life. Um, <laughs> but like, I feel like he's, he's playing better. He's hitting a higher level right now as a player than I think we have seen from him generally, like consistently. And um, it's really, really encouraging, I think, because they really need. I mean, th- this is what they need, especially with Brunson and Randall, like really searching for their games. You needed him to step up, and he has stepped up. Um, he's been great, and I thought, like again, and and gr- I mean this, like it. The best thing is that he struggled tonight, like or that that he didn't have a perfect game, that he didn't make every decision. But on aggregate, you're like, look at the box score, and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna take that. An efficient 26 points, you know, four assists. Uh, however many rebounds he had where do you have four six rebounds like yeah you'll take that every time yeah the five turnovers aren't great whatever but um you know he he was he was great i thought he was really solid tonight and and like if this is a if this becomes an average game for him or something then you're really cooking with like you know you're in a good spot then if this is a solid game for rj now i think you know this opens up a pandora's box of questions as far as like long-term decision-making with the roster, but um, those are good decisions that you'd want to have. So yeah, I'm very, very encouraged by that. And he seemed to cut out those dumb shots. Remember those dumb shots that he, that he'd take that like dive is that, 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 that would make his efficiency nose dive. Like he'd, he'd start off like, like his game would start off at like a nine for 16, but then it'd be like a nine for like 22 type of night. Um, and he seemed to cut out those type of shots, which is very encouraging um, to see um so yeah i mean and he's like he's getting to the free throw line hitting his free throws 
consistently all year. Hopefully this is something that continues. Um, through his first five games this year, he's 22 points per game, 3.6 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 47% from the field, 44% from three. I don't think that's as sustainable as we'd like it to be. 85% from free throw line, 62 shooting, and he reached 5K points today. So shout out to RJ Barrett. Well, I think I think the two-point percentage can still be better. Um, the assist can the assist should be higher. Like he he should be trying to average four assists a game. That should be like his target goal. Because you still see times where he forces up a shot. Like he took the he took an early mid-range shot today at the start of the second quarter that I was just like, really? Like, like that's yeah, that's 16 seconds left. That's the shot we're going for here. Yeah. Uh, but but like you he, that that's what I mean. Like, even if the three-point shooting comes down, there's stuff for him to get better at, even within that the context of that stat line, that would kind of I mean, that would do a lot, really. That would that would that would still make him a very efficient player. So um, you know, I, I'm yeah, again, super incredible what I've seen. And it's not again, it, it'd be different if it was just the offense. Because he had like I remember last year at a month where he was like super efficient. I think it might have been December before he got hurt. Um yeah, but like but the thing that's really encouraging is that his defense has been way better. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, this is this is as good a start as I could have hoped for. I did not think he would get off to a good start because he generally has not been a quick starter, as we know. Um, but, yeah, so I'm definitely very, very bullish on what I've seen from him. And, honestly, the, like, Mitch, I'm like, is there anything to be cons- – like, I don't think he's done a single thing that you'd be like, I don't know if he can keep this up. Like, I, I obviously, I I'm pretty sure he can continue to be terrible at free throw shooting, um, and I think he'll be pretty good at all things he's good at. So yeah, this is great. Like I, I could not be more happy with what I'm seeing from both of those guys. Yeah, um, and you know, it just shows that you know, like just having patience with these guys. I mean, it's probably a lesson for maybe we should have some patience with Grimes. I guess we can say um despite you know the frustrations that we see from him i mean we saw we had frustrations with rj we've had frustrations with mitch they both come out really strong this year um maybe it's just like giving these guys a matter of time to fully mature their games and their bodies um well if you look if if you think about it with mitch like mitch didn't we still had a lot of questions about him before last season started Mm because we'd seen flashes but then he got he got hurt his 2021-22 season was kind of like, you know, he had really good moments, but then he had stretches where you're like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you saw like in his fifth year, it was like, okay, now he's kind of given himself a baseline of like really solid starting center. And he's taken a step above that now this year where it's like Zubac was a guy, I remember in the past, Zubac has at times like, you know, him, yeah, given him trouble, gotten him into foul trouble and stuff like that. And he did nothing today. Like Mitch totally destroyed him other than a couple of really nice passes from Harden and pick and rolls, which like you're just gonna have to live with that because that's what mm-hmm. Harden does. There was nothing there for him. Um and and I he's done that now against a few guys that he's had trouble with in the past. Like Valentinus is another guy that he had trouble with in the past. He totally dominated him in that matchup. Um and you know it, it's just the fact that he's able that he's now showing you he can dominate matchups against guys you're like well if you want to be a top 10 center like these are the guys you have to win your matchups against consistently and he's doing that um so really really happy to see how he's playing and like this is also why I mean, look at primes is very frustrating right now don't get me wrong but i think we should also think back to like 
quickly struggled at the start of his third year. RJ at the start of his third year was brutal. We were like, is it the, can this guy make a three? Like same thing with quickly actually even, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it is hard. And I think it's, it's instructive to kind of think of how these guys are now, you know, as they've developed and you've given them time, developed, you know, growing into your body and all that type of stuff. And, and looking at Grimes, like I think Grimes is struggling right now to kind of find his rhythm, his confidence, whatever you need to give that time. He's a young player. And while he's doing that, while he's struggling with that, he's not fucking up. He's not like sacrificing anything for you on defense. You know, he's still competing. His bonehead errors are not the type of errors that are going to like collectively destroy your team or anything. So I think you have to let him kind of at least, at least, give him time to grow through this it is funny though how he ends up like he ends up having like these moments at the end of games where like something just like absolutely happens that includes him like even the last game versus the bucks he's the one that gave up the n1 to um to to dame that was such a soft call yeah it was it was the worst he barely touched him like recalling that i don't know if you guys talk about this tournament i know that yes is grimes the most responsible for that play sure i'm not i that was the Julius play, right? That's the one we're talking about. The Julius mm-hmm. walking around play. If yeah. Julius runs back and is just standing in like the middle of the fucking paint, that play never happens. That play never happens. And he can still go and recover to Giannis. And I can promise you, yes, I know Giannis was three for three from three in that game. There's no fucking chance they gave a shit if he was going to take another three. Like there was no chance. Yeah. So I don't want to hear like about, oh, well, he's, you know, he's just watching us. And then, like, I had people telling me, like, well, Giannis was walking there, too. I'm like, how is that relevant? <laughs> they have the fucking ball. You're, like, you're on defense. You're trying Somebody... to stop them from scoring. Right. And you're and the biggest thing is, like, cutting out any opportunity for an easy basket at the rim in transition. And, yeah, he obviously didn't do that. Anyway, not to not to revisit that clusterfuck of a finish of a game. Um, but, yeah, like, it, it just... I think Grimes needs time. Uh, and then, yeah, like, you, you know, quickly, again, not the most explosive game. And I think if you watched, if you did not watch his game, you'd probably be like, eh, I guess it was fine. But I thought he was really good. I thought he changed. Defensively, he was yeah. great. I thought he was awesome on defense. His energy, I thought, changed the game early on when the Knicks were kind of like, it felt like they were teetering. I don't know, like, maybe not on the edge of losing or something. But, like, it did feel like they were. It felt like it was going to be a game that went down to the wire if they didn't yeah, blow it open. Yes, and luckily they did blow it open in that in that fourth. That was really nice to see. Um, I see people in the comments a little bit concerned about at least um, Quickly's minutes, um, just because you know it seems like Josh Hart is um, jumping him in that area as well as DiVincenzo. Do we think this is like a symptom of Thibs's early season experimentation, and he'll go back to quickly being like you know first guy off the bench, or do we think this is something? More so to say, it, more so to stay, it does seem like Thibs does have some type of favoring towards playing Josh Hart a lot. Um, um, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I'm definitely concerned. I'm not going to lie. I am concerned. I thought tonight, like him getting pulled when he got pulled was just so dumb to me. I was just like, I cannot fathom why, because I don't, Brunson's not the type of guy that if you sat him in that moment, he would have been like, like pissed. It's not like a Julius thing. No, like, he would definitely, he'd understand it. He'd probably be like, yeah, I played like shit. Like it is what it is. Um, so I, I didn't like that. I don't like Hart being the first guy off the bench, especially because that, again, that lineup is so bad. Like it just is bad. It was, it's bad this year. 
it was fucking hideous to watch in the playoffs last year. Like, we don't need to watch that lineup anymore. And, uh, you know, I guess maybe Tibbs wants to give it more time because he sees something with it that, like, he likes. Fine. But if that's a thing that is happening, you know, 20-plus games into the season, that's a real concern because it's not a good lineup. That spacing sucks, and they just don't have enough creation or ball handling or spacing in that group. So um, I, I don't really love it. I mean, it's fine, I guess, if you need, like, in certain matchups. And I do I do think some of this tonight might have been matchup-oriented, where he's like, they got four, you know, they got these three wings in Russ, who's a really big guard. Like, we need to be like that. That's why I need hard it on the could be. It could be that could be. thing. But, but I, I still think that, like, he needs more minutes. There's there's no way Hart should be getting more than him on average. Um, there's no reason that you cannot find 26, 28 minutes a night for this guy. I think it's very, very obvious he should be playing at least that much. Um, and and I, and to be fair to Tibbs, and I, I know that people will be like, well, then why not just play him more than play more minutes and give Brunson less? Like, I think part of this is that the Brunson quickly lineups this year just haven't clicked yet. Um, part of the, partially that's probably because Brunson has just been playing really bad on offense, but like they just have not clicked yet. So I wonder if because of that, he's given them a shorter leash or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, look, I, I would be lying to you. If I said, I'm not concerned. Uh, but I also know that like, I was concerned at the same time last year about his minutes and eventually like Tibbs, discovered that he was good and discovered good rotations and things happened and that was good. So like I I would pump the brakes on anybody that's like, uh, this is a disaster. This is going to cost us him or whatever. Like, I I don't know. At the end of the day, like I just, I think think it's a compounding effect of not paying quickly. And then, you know, you're reducing his role. You're reducing his minutes. People are like, I guess jumping ahead to the future of like hey what if this other team offers quickly a bigger role more money stuff like that i think that's what's going through people's minds which is which is fair i think um but yeah i mean i wouldn't be too overly concerned just yet um we do have to see how things play out like we said there's this experimentation phase with dibs in the early part of the season um as they're trying to figure things out with this team um so we'll see maybe like 20 25 games in that things are a little bit different and things are a little bit closer to last year. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> a corpse of Khalil matches into this game. I was not even watching it. Um, but yeah, like it's just, you've got to just let it play out a little bit. Uh, this is from Chris Riviera. Thomas didn't discover anything. The, F, the front office intervened and injuries catapulted IQ to major minutes. I don't really think the, the, the injuries mattered because he was getting major minutes before any injuries hit. Um, do I think the front office told Thibodeau to get some of his shit together? Sure, I do think they did that. Uh, I don't know why we would think that may not happen again this year, though. Like, it could totally happen again this year. So, um, I, I would, again, give it 20 games before you start freaking out too much about the minutes. I do get, like, in within, in like, especially because of how stupid the minutes were in the Milwaukee game, I totally get it. Um, he needs more, he needs more burn. He's basically the only guy who on on off the bench who consistently can like create any type of shot so you do need something like you need to play him more he's only he's the fourth guy in this team to um to that can actually create a shot everybody else kind of needs 
things set up for them. Um, but to just go back to his game tonight, yeah, the defense was really good again, as per usual. Some of his defense on Bones Island is awesome. He also, something that really impressed me, he got checked by Kawhi Leonard on two straight possessions in the second quarter. And on the first one, he burned him off the pick and roll. And I think, I forgot who he set up. He set up somebody. He was a good shot. Whoever made it, um, they made it. And it was really nice. And then the other one, he, it was just like, I don't remember exactly what happened. I might've set up a sequence that ended up with an open shot that somebody missed. But like the fact that he's seeing guys like that and is not being phased. Yeah. That is, he's like comfortable calling his own number in a pick and roll is pretty awesome. So um, yeah, I, I'm definitely encouraged by, by, everything I've seen from him so far this year too. It's just like, honestly, like Brunson, Randall Grimes, these dudes are the three guys that I'm like waiting for them to wake up. Yeah. To just really get it together, especially, I mean, obviously, especially Randall and Brunson, because like those two are super key for whatever success the team is going to have. You know, we can sit here and talk about minutes and rotations and this guy and this dude, whatever, without those two guys firing, like this team is not going to do the things that you want and hope that they can do. Yeah, I mean, um, with Brunson, it seems like Brunson's been really able to play really well against these teams that have been bad with their perimeter defense, i.e. Hawks, Bucks. I mean, Bucks have just been giving it up lately. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know what it's going to take for Brunson to really get into this consistent group again i'm not too concerned with him i'm more concerned with the other guy who's really volatile um but yeah i guess we'll have to wait and see with brunson um i don't remember it being this rough early on last season no it wasn't it definitely wasn't this is yeah i would venture to guess this might be his worst like six game stretch in terms of shooting percentages of his career like it really would not surprise me at all yeah i could see that it's like some trey young type stuff um jk says i know we're only seven games in but what does mitch robinson do have to do to have for serious consideration for all defense weirdly i don't think he has the <laughs> offensive ceiling to get dpoi but if rudy gobert has the offensive ceiling to DPOI, <laughs> uh i do understand the point you're making though um i, I don't know i think the knicks the knicks have to start winning games they got to string together victories if they're a 50 plus win team or around there he'll be in consideration i, I think i mean the, I think a combination of that, as well as like if the Knicks have like a top ten defense for the right, year, if they, stay, if they stay the way they are right now, he will be in consideration for sure. Yeah, but they also have to have team success too. Yeah, and I think the the honestly the most encouraging thing to me about this team's defense so far, like even against the Bucks, as dumb as so many of the things that happened were, the Knicks needed to basically shoot like shit in that game from three, and the Bucks had to have. Like Giannis get you know be infected with the spirit of Ray Allen uh, to win that game. Like and and even then their offense sucked. They couldn't get anything inside at all. Like the Knicks defense right now is playing at a really high yeah, level. Yeah, the, the Bucks killed us from three. They had Marjan Bochamp and and Jay Crowder just absolutely lighting us up. Um, Dame decided to start hitting shots late in the game as he does. Um, but I think your boy Jay they, Crowder. That's not my boy. I hate Jay Crowder. <laughs> I absolutely despise Jay Crowder with every fiber of my spirit. Um, Your favorite player, Jay Crowder. <laughs> like when he was hitting every every single three, felt like a shotgun blast. It was insane. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they had to absolutely light us up from three for them to like beat us. Um, 
but yeah, like you said, our defense, I mean, hopefully it can continue turning like this. I mean, it's funny. I mean, I think we all thought before the season started that like our offense was going to be the thing that like really carried us to start the year at least. Um, and we thought the defense was going to be something that at least would at least take some time, or at least it wouldn't be good until like the playoffs. I remember um, Tyrese was saying a lot that like our defense, is, our defense really like picked up in the playoffs um, last year. Our defense is more suited for the playoffs, um, and the team just really seems to lock in during that time. Um, but I mean, it's very encouraging to see them start off this start off the year defensive, playing well defensively. And if their offense could pick up to where they were last year, I mean, that's looking like a really good team. But that is asking a lot right now, considering where things are. Um, yeah, it, it's – yeah, I don't know. Defensively, we'll see. Uh, just to, to, to kind of talk about um, something a little bit different, I thought um, – I really thought that – Fuck, like I don't I don't understand what this Clippers team is trying to do. Like I just I'm like watching them the whole game. I'm like, okay, like you know, do you, I don't know if you heard Breen at some point in the, early in the second half, he was like, the Clippers have only shot seven free throws. And I'm like, I don't know if you watched the fucking Clippers at all in the last year's Breen, but like they don't shoot free throws. Like they don't get free throws. And I guess they're like hoping Harden can give them that. Yeah, they're uh, mostly like a, a, they're really a heavy jump shooting team mid-range three-pointers i mean russ was the only guy that really seemed to be like taking it into the paint really a lot and that was about it but yeah i mean i, I didn't really see where um the free throws were going to come from yeah it was weird uh hawkeye for training what's funny about those three you mentioned twins they have had about two good games in quotes good so far grimes maybe just the bucks game yeah like i think grimes is the only game you'd say was like yeah he played well and that was the bucks game Randall, I think you'd say tonight and the Hawks game, I guess, if you want. Um, Depending on how low your bar is. No, you know, nobody's here to judge. Um, <laughs> and Brunson, I'll, I guess you could say too. Like, I know, I know it's crazy to say this. That Hawks game, I actually didn't think he played that well. I thought he shot the three well, like he was on fire from three, but I, I did not think he played very well. Um, I think he was a great outlet. He didn't, to me, he did not. I was like, he's not doing a great job point guarding. You know, he was, I thought he got cooked on. That was probably the, that was the one defensive game he had this year where I was like, he was actually atrocious. Um, but yeah, so like aside from the Bucks game, I, I wouldn't even, I don't know. I, I would say like he has had two at most. So yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been rough. And we like, you know, three and four, you take it, move on. But, then they, they they cannot be more than a 500 team if those guys cannot get into a consistent rhythm. Um, it just it's won't it won't happen. It's not possible for it to happen. Uh, this is all this is from mixtape adding Dante DiVincenzo and RJ's off ball defense being good has created so many deflections and turnovers for us this year. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Knicks were able to get into transition a shit ton tonight, and they've been better about it all season. It's just been about converting your chances and all that stuff, but like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, DiVincenzo's he just made he made a couple of plays tonight that were really spectacular. That block he had on Harden was nuts. Um, Stealing Harden. Yeah, he he just he's for a guy his wingspan isn't that big by the way. He's like a, he's, he's just like really active. Yeah, he he's got and he gambles a ton, which pays off for him. He's got great hands. All right. 
<laughs> All right. They're just going to go with the gambling part, but okay. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's he's just active. And, like, I don't know. He, he I really like how he plays defense. I just like how he plays. I think he plays really hard. And what I think what you just said is earlier, Sam, right? It's like having a second heart out there. Like, yeah, it's like heart, but like a guy that you're like, oh, but he shoots 40% from three. This is cool. I like yeah. this. Let's do this. Let's do more of this. Uh, yeah, he, he, he looked, he, he's, he's going to be fine. I'm really not worried about him at all. I've not been worried about him, to be honest, at all, all season. This to me is like very different than the Hartenstein one because at the start of last year, I was like, what the fuck does this guy do? <laughs> like, what does Isaiah Hartenstein actually do here? Is he, so he's, he can't grab defensive rebounds. He, uh, and we're not using him as a hub to pass the ball. Yeah. So, like, what's his purpose? Yeah. What, what exactly is it that you do here? Um, but he's not even good at being a fake stretch five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I remember, I remember that, that three point experiment with him ended like super fucking quick. <laughs> Tibbs watched him take like three threes and was like, all right, that's forget. We are good here. Um, but you know, like this, this to me has just always felt like, him trying to find his place in various lineups he's playing in and i do think there's some of that going on with like these groups in general like i I have felt that tibbs is maybe searching for um like i feel like he doesn't know exactly what combinations he can get away with using with divincenzo but also just like with having three guards right like that is a pretty small lineup even in the nba now like i get some hesitancy and trying to figure shit out um, which is why I'm like a little bit, I'm, I'm not ready yet to just, you know, uh, you know, light the, uh, light the torches. What is it? The fucking the torches of Gondor or the fuck it is and get the Rohan coming here. Um, we don't need to do that yet, but like, I'm, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm very, I've, I've, I've just not been concerned at all about DiVincenzo. He, he's always felt like he's perfectly functional and just searching for kind of like where to get his shots. And that was like, what was good. So tonight about some of the threes he made where they were threes where I was like, that's tight. And then it was like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, that that's good. Shoot that. Yeah. That's a good shot. Good shot. Um, he hit that one in the corner, like off of the quickly pass where I was like, damn, like he did not hesitate on that at all. And I think he might've even been like slightly behind the backboard. So um, yeah, man, if that's, if that's the confidence we're getting from him, I'm, I'm 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 ready. Like I, I'm very very happy with that. I think him and Quickly are gonna be awesome off the bench together, which I've said forever. And yeah, just their activity defensively. Um, JL brings up as we were talking about the Clippers earlier. He said their depth already stinks. They're now stuck with Musa Diabate as their backup center because Julius ended Plumley. By the way, I think I saw a bunch of people indicating that Julius did that on purpose and was trying to be dirty. Um, Shit just happens. Sadly, maybe Plumlee's leg is. Done. Yeah, th- this was not a this was not like a Bam out of bio situation. Yeah, this is not a Bam. Uh, yeah, I didn't think it was not dirty. It just it was bad luck. Uh, and I think Julius Julius they even showed him like going over and, you know, I think he apologized or at least checked in on him as he was getting carried off the floor. Not that I'm sure Plumlee like was probably like, yeah, all right, dude, thanks. Uh, I'm going to go get this X right now. <laughs> <laughs> to show that my ACL has been completely shredded. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, their their depth is pretty depleted. It feels like all their good depth is perimeter guys, right? It's like Powell, if you're still a Bones guy, Bones. Terrence um, Mann. Yeah, Mann's hurt. That's a big loss for them right now because he definitely gives them some juice that they need. 
and he can play like he's kind of like a harder DiVincenzo where he plays bigger than what his position is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know, their their depth is gonna be bad. I do the one thing they do have going for them right now is they this year they can still sign buyout guys. Pretty sure uh, with the CBA because I think after next year they would not be able to sign uh, buyout guys that got bought out for more than the minimum. So they mm-hmm. might still be able to find something on the on the uh, you know in the in the buyout market. Dwight Howard. I have a feeling he will not be playing in the NBA anytime soon. Uh, um, just by a hunch. Uh, but but yeah, they look. They do need a backup center for sure. If Plumlee's out for extended time, and yeah, Taj Taj might not. That's a good. That's a good one. That that he I, that that'll probably happen. You're right. Um, they did. They need something. That front court depth is fucking nasty. That is some horseshit. <laughs> Diab- like I and I've seen. I like most Diabate as a as kind of like a project dude because he, uh, you know, he 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 went to Michigan, so I actually watched him. I thought he was like a really talented guy. I probably should have stayed another year, but like, it's not a guy you put on a contender and be like, "Hey, yeah. you're back up five. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. If, right. And the, the other, I think a small thing, not even a small thing, a pretty significant thing. They lost uh, in that trade to get Harden. Batum was like when they used to run all those units, like that was five out. Batum at the five. Yeah, Batum was a center. I guess you can do that, Tucker, but Batum is way more capable as a shooter. And honestly, even as just like a playmaker, decision maker. So I don't I don't know if that's even close to as dynamic as that lineup often was. I think that's a pretty big loss. They got to figure out a way to fill that out, but um, Unless they try to do the Houston Russ at the five thing, where it was like PJ Tucker was technically the five, but it was more so like Russ was the five. Well, they had, they, but they they can't do it because they traded away Covington in this trade, so they can't. Oh, they missed their opportunity. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I they also are just so unathletic. They're so unathletic. Like we look like, you know, like we were. We look like we could have. We were flying around the court on them. Yeah, they are so slow. Their most athletic player is probably what, like Bones? Bones or, or Terrence Mann. Yeah, it's just they're they're very very slow. And then like they have these other dudes, right? It's like well, they're they, old too. Yeah, they're old. I don't know. I this team just feels very slow um, and very limited in what it can do offense. It, it, it's also like you were a great half court team base. Like you're a totally half court team now. Because Harden's not going to like push tempo or something, um, I don't know. And I really don't understand the they, Russ can't start in that lineup. That's such a joke. Like that's crazy. Um, Bones better than Quickly Highland. Yes, correct. Uh, the I still can't get over that they did not call that foul at the end of the third quarter. That was obvious. Like you have to call that. You like it, it's not like he grazed him. Like he fucking hit him. He ain't quick at the three. What's up? Which wait, 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 which trial? Uh when quickly hit the three. Like they did Oh not, yeah. He got fucking hit on that. Like straight up. Like it's not like yeah. an exaggeration. He got hit. You have to call that. I'm surprised they didn't call a flopping technical on us for that. Like what did, what, what did you think about uh what did you think about Tibbs' second challenge? I was fine with it actually. Yeah, I mean, I think after the first one, you're kind of playing like house money at that point. So it's just like, might as well just go for it. I mean, 
it's hardened, so you never know. You could win it, you could not, and they didn't. So it felt like he. I don't know if he even thought that he would get it overturned. I think he was just really pissed about that call. <laughs> because what I, I so they said that they called it as contact on the elbow, right? Mm-hmm. And when I watched the initial replay, I thought the contact, if there was any, was on the landing on the landing spot. And so I wonder if he challenged it because he was just like, "We're not getting this fucking call all year." Like, I want, like, I'm going to challenge this just fucking out of principle. Because I mean, like, well, this shouldn't be a fucking call, should it? Right? Shouldn't be a fucking whistle. I was fine with it. I thought, and, and look, I'll say this: if it was a call about him touching the fucking elbow, he did not touch his elbow. So I don't know how that could have stood on the replay. I don't know. It's, the, the refs have been weird with this whole landing space thing ever since it's been implemented. Um, very inconsistent with it. <clears throat> so next game is versus the Spurs and Wembenyama. Um, the Spurs have been really weird with the way they've used Wembenyama. Um, I mean, Devin Vassell has been out, and they really haven't really fed, I want to say, Wemby the ball as much as at least people think they should. I don't um, think they can. Their point guards, they don't have a point. Like they, they're, they're, running, they're running point Sohan. Point Sohan. And then they have, I like Troy Jones. He should be starting. I actually don't care why he's not. Yeah. Um, but they, like, and nobody, none of these fucking guards in the NBA, they can't throw entry passes. passes. Um, I don't know how, they, how did they give up 152 to the Pacers today? Like, what what was happening in this game? I low-key want to check out these highlights just to see how they gave up a bunch of threes though to Halliburton, Buddy, and Neesmith. The nobody on the Pacers, Halliburton had three threes. Nobody else on the, nobody on the Pacers had more than three. Or no, Buddy Hill had five, but nobody on the Pacers had more than twenty three points. Yeah, so this is like just like a total, just fucking like everyone after, come in and get your own. Yeah, team beatdown, just awful. <laughs> um, Wembenyama still had a good, nice little fantasy productive line for me. So, thank you, Victor. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I need. I just I this is like a game where I really need Julius to to be chill and and not be like I got to show this guy it's my league like <laughs> I got to give him his welcome to the NBA moment. <laughs> KF thirty three, what's up, Shwin and Sam? Uh, not much, man. Just talking about the Knicks. What up to you? Yep. Uh, there refuse to play Trey Jones, JK. Spurs going to tank for another generational big three, and then be able to reward them for it. Probably, yeah. Like I, I think the Knicks should win this game. I, I know that the Spurs had their nice, fun two games against uh, the Suns, the Kevin Durant's. Um, but like, I, I think the Knicks match up better. They have more size. They're stronger inside. It just feels like this should be a game the Knicks win. They should. They, they need to. They and and also let's be real. The Knicks need to start stringing some wins together, getting some momentum. We need to get back to 500, first of all, um, and, and start getting this going. When we got to establish ourselves at home, too. Like, the good thing is the Knicks are three and four, and their starting lineup, as we've talked about extensively, has not done. Like, they, they're still finding whatever it is they're looking for. So, like, there's plenty of reason to believe that there's more for this team to achieve and more for them to do. It just, you got to do it at some point. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we can end things off here. Uh, I think uh, so. Pretty much 
talked about everything shout out to everyone that came through um make sure you guys leave a like and subscribe we're on our way to 1k subs we will be back on wednesday after the spurs game that will be kith night the knicks will be debuting their new city jersey so what the fuck is the schedule we play wednesday and then we don't play till fucking sunday and we play at fucking noon on sunday oh boy that should be fun noon game on sunday those are always amazing for the knicks yeah um (laughs) versus who the hornets yeah the hornets oh that could end up being very ugly for either us or for them see yep we'll see um so shout out to everybody that tuned in make sure you guys leave um a like and subscribe check out all the links in the description we got links to the site merch patreon and twitter make sure you guys are following us there make sure you guys check out the patreon there's access to shows like schwinn's show stricken roll as well as jeff's show strictly nfl with con um as well as many other benefits in all the other tiers so make sure you guys check all of that out we'll catch you guys on wednesday everyone have a good tuesday and a good night peace Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean not a cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.